today on CodePen Radio. Hey everybody, Code Pen Radio 335. We're going to get a little technical. One of my favorite kinds of podcasts, of course. Me and Steven this week. What's up, Steven? Hello, hello. Yeah, we thought, <laughs> I was like, let's do one called Life's a Drag. And then we'll talk about all the drag and drop stuff that we just are constantly working on because it's a web app and there's it actually comes up like a million billion times on CodePen. But that's too sad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shucks, kind of trimmed it down to coding's a drag, which is a little more accurate, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's what we're talking about. Coding it is coding drag. Yeah, yeah. So drag and drop, and what does that mean exactly? That's worth defining because th- I, I think of it in a whole bunch of ways. For one thing, the browser like literally has drag and drop UIs. I forget what they're even called, but they're like they're unique though in that they're isolated to as far as i know correct me if i'm wrong like when you pick up a file like from not in your browser window and you drag it onto the browser window that's what those apis particularly deal with and so if you tap into that you get this callback that's like a user has dropped a file it's called tree.jpg and it's this big and all that type of stuff right yeah i I think that's the main the main way like the the browser kind of drag events work is is just like getting getting something into the browser um, yeah versus like actually moving stuff around inside it has nothing to do with that if you think of oh drag and drop that's like when you pick up something and move it on a browser window nope it's not that not at all like there's no such thing as a browser API for pick up this div and move it over here. We'll get you to know, that. There, there might there might be, um, but I don't know that the support it is mm. good or like it, it, it's you know just well implemented. I, I think most most everything uh, leans on more native mouse events uh, rather than yeah, because you have everything you need without a dedicated API necessarily. So we'll get to that in a minute i think but like so if we're if we're cutting this into slices one of the things that drag and drop is useful if we scope it just temporarily to i'm dropping like a file on top of the browser window on codepen that is for like you're literally uploading a file like we have this assets feature you use it for that in the projects editor you drag and drop anything pretty much code files and they upload there and uh, that type of thing so you know why not support it? You know, that's a, it's a useful kind of thing. So that's, that's that aspect And you know, don't we do it multiple ways? I think, I think the projects editor might actually use like the pretty raw browser APIs. We just use them. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's, uh, any, any kind of plugin or, or, um, library being used there. I think it's just some like custom event listeners listening for that kind of drop event of mm-hmm. the, of a file. And then um, triggering, triggering like some Redux stuff to actually upload the file and show the UI for it. Yeah, so we just we kind of wrote it from scratch and it worked well enough, and that's cool. Because then I don't know, you're not paying for anything, and you know, just letting the browser do what it does. It's about as fast as it can possibly be. Um, that's cool. Although you know, it probably doesn't give you all that much. You know, as far as I know, it's all it, if you're going to trigger an upload, then you're certainly not going to get like an upload progress bar or something. That's like on you to. Well, well, we do have that actually implemented, but you know, it's a it's a lot of work to get 
all of that in place and um you know it's then like actually handling like where the file's going and all that like there's there's just so much manual work that's happening with all that and so that's why with our assets editor when or just assets feature when we were kind of rebuilding all of that we went with a service in a library called file stack um that they kind of handle the the uploader area you drag and drop files onto it and then it like funnels through the s3 bucket um, yeah for us to process and they give you in our case they just i think they just like have a react component or some kind of component that you slap on the page and it it deals with those I, and i like that because they're uh, you can't do anything that the browser can't do right so it it ultimately it is using native apis somewhere in it but they're incentivized to keep that thing super up to date because this stuff a it's tricky be like they make it their business in a way that we don't have to then which is nice because that stuff changes and there's bugs and cross browser issues and yada yada you know yeah, i even think of that one mobile that, that was, oh, was right. nice to add support for on uh uploading with ios yeah i don't even think we bothered we probably just hid the button on ios you know but now it's like eh, they support it so might as well pretty sweet yeah and even you know and then the file upload progress is like they handle that because it, you know, that's just one of the, the features they have. We don't have to like code it on the back end too, because I think our native implementation has to, you know, there has to be some server cooperation message bus action. That's just like, ooh, why bother? Yeah. Pretty cool. So that's that's useful stuff. The classic bug on CodePen is that you drag a file onto the page and it happens to hit an iframe and the iframe takes the event rather than the parent page. So we're like forever detecting events, turning off pointer events on iframes, you know, and crap like that. Because that that is certainly a bug with drag and drop is that the wrong like page gets the event. Uh, Yeah, even when it's like covered by another element that should like, you know, kind of eat those those drag events or anything like that. For some reason, the iframe just takes priority there in the browser and it it sends those through um in a in a way that's unexpected yeah it certainly is the a classic thing that happens in websites too is you you know you're i don't know if that the world i'm certainly not trained in what websites are ready to handle your drag events anyway you know so you have to kind of lean on uh, affordances in the UI, like a, a rectangle with dashed lines around it screams like you can drop stuff here and you can make that happen. You know, you like you in JavaScript, you can say, well, select that element. And that's the one that's watching for the drop events. Cause you don't, it doesn't have to be the entire browser window. Although I would argue that, you know, often the entire browser window is the correct drop target. Cause it can be quite frustrating to, drop a file on the web browser and the implications for that is like the browser's like oh i know what you want to do you want to replace the entire page that you have open with the <laughs> contents of this jpeg and you're like no well, I have, have you ever have you ever worked with like a form that has like the little click to upload kind of button you know just a, yeah. a standard like input type equals file right you can actually drag and drop stuff onto that just the browser will will handle that but mm-hmm. only if you get it exactly on that button. <laughs> if you drag it anywhere else, like suddenly all this work you've done, filling out the form, now yeah, you're just staring at out. the JPEG you wanted to upload. I've just noticed in this in the past few weeks or so, at least in Chrome, it's the main browser I use, that when you drag and drop onto a, 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 a 
a window. What it used to do is replace the website you were on with the JPEG or whatever it is. And it doesn't do that anymore. Now it opens a new tab oh. with that in there, which would kind of stop that form problem. I wonder if they changed that default behavior or if it's on websites to implement some code to do that or what. But I, I much prefer that behavior. Yeah. This episode of Code Pen Radio is brought to you by Automatic, makers of all things WordPress like Jetpack and WooCommerce. And of course, they're the makers of WordPress.com itself, the fastest, most powerful, easiest place to host a WordPress site. It's so quick to get started, and you have all the power of any other WordPress hosting. It's truly an incredible product, a fantastic way, place to spin up a WordPress site. I do it all the time for myself, for clients, for acquaintances, for everything. It is the way to go for WordPress. Thanks, Automatic, for your sponsorship and high five WordPress.com. Anyway, so that's drag and drop in the context of uploading of files and that you can do it natively and that you can reach for custom solutions and yada, yada. If we were, you know, certainly you'd want to abstract it in your code base a little bit and have something uh, to deal with it. And we're, you know, we're always figuring out what the best user experience is, is for that. Then there's another type of drag and drop, which we alluded to, which is kind of like, I think of it as kind of like classic Trello, you know, like there's a card and you can click on it and hold down the mouse button or, you know, presumably it works on mobile too. So like a touch event where you don't lift up your finger and drag it somewhere else on the page and let it go. And it does something. And in, in Trello land, like you could move it up or down on the same stack or you could move it ac across columns elsewhere. It really kind of enabled the world of Kanbaning, which thank God, because Kanbans are awesome. <laughs> so the, what is that? Like, and you're saying there might actually be browser, native browser stuff for that? I don't know if there yeah, is. Yeah, so there's like the draggable attribute and then there are actual like drag events and drag end and like all, all that. Like you can set actual draggable areas. Um, yeah, I, I haven't messed around too much with the with the like native APIs for it, but um, but we do we do have some of that um, integrated, like with our with our project editor. See, we've yeah. we've got like some some drag and drop events that we're listening to, just custom listeners, and then uh, the profile organized showcase page is is doing that in the same way. Like we've got some drop zones and we've got some draggable items, and you move nice, them around. And we use NoLib for it. Oh, as far us. as I could tell, it's it's pretty ancient code, but I, it's surprisingly. Um, yeah, I see what you mean, though. You can you can you can use you can make a draggable attribute and stuff. And I see that it's very. That's the point, though, right? It's pretty freaking limited, and that yeah. and I'm surely on purpose, right? Because you, you you know you can get too opinionated with this. I think there's good reason why not everybody uses it for everything. There's this aspect when when I think of. Trello is like, imagine two different possibilities. One of them is you click and hold down and you drag to move it away that you might want to like literally clone that element right at that moment. So the old one just stays where it is and occupies the same amount of pixel space. And then yeah. while you're dragging it, you know, let's say you just like let go somewhere that's invalid or hit the escape key or something. You want that to like just poof away. Well, does the native browser one handle that? Maybe it does, but you know that's some heavy lifting probably to get it where it goes. Or maybe you want to like 
not just clone it, but just leave a placeholder there that's the exact same size and then style the placeholder. Yeah, you know, there's all these like little UX things that you might want out of a library that you'd have to kind of write for yourself. It's no surprise to me is where I'm going that there's all kinds of libraries that help with this stuff and provide their own kind of API sugar over dragability. Yeah, that, that was a big research process when we um, started implementing uh, reordering for collections. We, we knew we needed you know, this, this kind of functionality. You want to be able to drag an item around and, and kind of organize things. Uh, and, and so I was kind of digging through a bunch of different libraries and, you know, we're using React, so it needs to play nicely with that. And, uh, you know, that's a whole nother set of problems. Mm -hmm. Like how is it implemented? Is it hooks or with their components? Like what, uh, what's the API for all of this? Uh, and so the one we, we ended up settling on was, uh, React Beautiful D&D, short for drag and drop there. Um, that, that's, uh, Made by Atlassian. Is, is that how you say it? I always read oh, it differently. It. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and they are pretty invested in a drag and drop uh, solution um, for, for their stuff. So it's, it's well supported, has um, kind of a robust feature set, and is lightish weight. Um, you're, most of these libraries are all uh, clocking in pretty large um, in, yeah. in this one. Wasn't, no wasn't too bad. Oh, really? It's it's decently small. I wouldn't be so. It just seems like one of those things that just feels beefy without even. Uh, yeah, and it's it's unfortunate. Like you you think about it, like just as as the feature set of it. Like you click an element and you drag it around, and like yeah, that's straightforward, I guess. But there's so many little intricacies of it, like you know setting up the drop zones and triggering events and like uh the placeholder stuff is is really complicated uh like trying to you know uh duplicate an element and and all that so yeah it's uh, no and, joke yeah and animating like moving things around like when you drag it into place you know triggering those kinds of transitions like it's yeah there's a lot to it there is it so it's so far it's been good to us and i don't you know, even just the API alone makes me fond of it in a way where you're like, oh, I want something to be draggable. Well, then I'll wrap it in a draggable thing. Like that's very like declarative. I want this thing to be draggable and draggables exist within a, I don't think they have to, but there's droppable zones too, meaning this area of the page is a place where you can put something. And it's very I don't know. There's a bunch of callbacks that's like, oh, I, you know, this draggable object got dropped in this droppable zone. Here's information about it so that you can do what you need to do to make stuff happen. Yeah, you know, it has flexible. been, you know, it's not like there's hasn't been rough edges and stuff. And I don't know how much of that is, you know, when, when I've dealt with it, it's been like, is this me? That's just a dummy. And I, I need to spend more time grokking it. Or is it actually a rough edge of the software? And it's probably a little yeah. of both. Yeah, it's it's robust enough. It's it's kind of difficult to just drop into and uh, and figure it out. Like digging through the docs even is is a bit of a task. Uh, but yeah, but it's it's flexible and it works works pretty well for us. And we're we're experimenting more with it um, for for different organizing kind of uh, needs. Uh, so that's a yeah. that's a good one yeah. to try out. So that's that 
concept of I'm going to pick up something and I'm going to drag it around the page and you're going to be able to see it happen as I'm dragging around and I can drop it and something's probably going to happen when I drop it or not, you know, but the goal is that something does happen, that you're doing something useful. And like Shaw said, we have reordable collections that happens in list view. So you can imagine like, you know, row, 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 and you can only resize them one direction vertically grab the little thing, the little handle. Even that's an API concern. Where can yeah. you drag it from? Is it the whole row or is it just a part of the row or whatever? That's important stuff because if you get it wrong, you can't select and you it. You don't want it to eat up all the click events or exactly. anything. Like, you know, if they're just clicking a link, you don't want to trigger a, a drag event. Exactly. That stuff is gets tricky to think about. Uh, but it can be done. That's why it's got to have a nice API. Uh, great. So you, yeah, you, you drag, click, drag, drag one and lift it up. And now it's, it sorts it not only visually, but then of course on our end, we need to fire off a GraphQL mutation that saves it to the database. Cause next time you load that page, it better be in the right order and all that. And that the APIs for that are pretty, pretty nice for us. So that's that, that, but that's not, it's not just reordering that it's like, you know, as we're working on other projects on Kuba, you can imagine like, man, what if you made everything draggable? You know, it feels like kind of modern software. I think you could lean into it too far, but it does kind of feel good when you're like, I'm building a UI that's intended to be flexible. Dragging stuff is just going to be a part of it for sure. So there's that dragon. And then, so you have to think in your brain, like, is this something that I drag and move and drop? Or is this something that's a little more ephemeral, I guess. And that's this third thing that you have here is resizing, which is, it's kind of like you drag and drop. I guess you do the same thing with your mouse, right? Like you click, you hold down, you move, you let go, but there's no like invalid drop. Like it just always does what you <laughs> It's just there. Whenever you let go, that's what it's going to do. And that also has some native stuff. I mean, you could in CSS even, you can just have a div. And as long as it has, um, I guess, some kind of overflow value set on it other than visible, it will give you a little handle and you can control vertical or horizontal resizing. So it's kind of one of those things like, doesn't just CSS have this? And you're like, um... <laughs> yeah yes but no you know like i'm not sure i would rely like you can't even style the handle really yeah that that was kind of the the biggest limitation we were were running into with it is like if you if you want like a big bar that you can click and drag to make an area resizable like the css just doesn't have the the um the properties for that like you can't you can't target the the resize or handle it all so there's not even any tricks there's not even like a secret web kit way to do it or some crap that we couldn't use anyway but you can't even do that there's just no way i i faked it for a little while so when we did the details uh kind of revamp and then like the pop out Mm -hmm. preview and and all of that i i made the iframe preview in that resizable just using css because we were relying on another library that wasn't react beautiful dnd and it you know wasn't really used anywhere else and yeah. You know, it's adding all this weight to the to the page that didn't need to be there. Um, so I just stripped that out and replaced it with, you know, resize both and then um, did a little pseudo element um, that just passes through like pointer events none um, yeah. over that area to make it a lot more obvious oh, yeah. that that was a little Right, so you spot. can fake 
the look a little bit yeah. by positioning something there, but you can't change the size of it. No. Yeah. That's the killer. And and so we, we were running into some issues with that. Like it was, it was a little buggy with like mouse events and things like that. Whenever you would uh, be in the pop-out preview and would resize and your cursor would be off of like the main little modal area and you like let go. Um, it was triggering like a click event on the background of the modal and making the modal close. And so oh, <laughs> there was a lot of little little oddities with that. So uh, when it came time for us to redo the embed modal that, that we did recently, um, where we cleaned all that up and um, added, added like a little resizable iframe area that helps you set the height uh, that you want your embed to be. Um, Again, I, so it's a bar, you click it, you can drag it up and down in one direction, which should be kind of a settable thing. So yeah, you wanted some control, right? So it's time to write some code. Right. So so for that, uh, we, you know, the, it, it seems silly to get a whole library for like just tracking like some, some click events and like some movement and, you know, mapping that to uh, some callbacks and, and everything. So I put together a little uh, component in our library um, just called Dragger. Um, and mm -hmm. it doesn't have any inherent styles. It doesn't have any, um, uh, any, anything beyond just like tracking on mouse down and then like mouse move kind of events. Um, and the, right, so you collect, you, you figure out where the click happened first, and then you're going to get like a stream of callbacks when the mouse moves, right? So you can be like, Oh, it's it's moved negative ten pixels vertically, and you can like then react to that, and right, that's kind of the, it's really really raw, right? And and that's exactly what we want out of it because now this allows us to use it for resizing or use it for like all, all kinds of other things, like where where we're just trying to track how much the the mouse has has moved, uh, like some kind of slider we could use you could, we could use this for all those all those kinds of things, but. Uh, in this case, it's it's just it's really one small DOM element um, that you can style however you want. If you want it to be a bar or like a little handle in the corner or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, and then you click it, and that mouse down event actually triggers um, an addition uh, to the DOM, where it creates this overlay element that's over the entire page. So that your resize uh, or so that your mouse move events don't get captured or, or lost by anything else like that iframe issue we were having. Yeah, that's great. Really. So the only thing that there's this huge overlay over the whole page and then just the dragger itself is above that. Well, so the, the dragger itself is is actually now under that. Um, but oh. that that uh, overlay has mouse move. Uh, events attached to it and I then see. like mouse up or mouse leave like uh, all those and mm -hmm. and the touch based ones as well um to to just be comprehensive um and so whenever whenever the mouse is let up or moves off the window then that element is removed and you know mm -hmm. it calls the end uh callback so if you want to do things visually then it's on you to like digest the callback and change the view underneath right like for instance in the embed modal whenever you're clicking and dragging it we have like this little height uh indicator that shows how mm -hmm. tall it is and, and the number of pixels and we also dim the iframe so it's a little more obvious what's happening um that that's a nice little interaction but yeah it's just like a little little tiny micro component that that 
gives you these interactions that you can then use for resizing and, and uh, or any, any kind of uh, mouse drag interaction. Pretty great. So, you know, it just works tremendously well, right? It's not, it, in the, the irony is, to me, it seems like, how can there not, how can React Beautiful D&D in its epic feature set of just <laughs> dozens and dozens of features that it supports, what it doesn't support is just dragging something. <laughs> It's just not something it can do. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like these are all these are all kind of at the core. They're the same event, but they're so different in like what they're trying to accomplish. That that something like React Beautiful D and D or like a file uploader library, like they're they're not even going to mess with something like a, a resize um, kind of setup because it's it's just fundamentally uh, different. Even though it is like you click your mouse and you move it around and something interacts, you know, there's, I know it's so, <sighs> so tightly related that it blows my mind that it doesn't support it. But at the same time, it's like, yes, but they need to be like careful about the API that they expose because it needs to be tight and understandable and not this sprawling mess, you know? So I get it. It's just funny to look in our code base where there's like a react beautiful D and D thing, right? Right next to another draggable thing that uses that's totally different component tree. Yeah. Pretty weird. Well, and, and one of the biggest areas like we do resizing is the pin editor. You know, you've got, you've got the three HTML, CSS, JS panels, uh, you drag them around, you've got the preview that's, that's draggable too. And, um, surprisingly complicated, isn't it? Very yeah. complicated. Uh, who, who wrote that back in the day? Uh, David DeSandro helped with the, uh, yeah. uh, cause it, you know, it's been rewritten a number of times, but once he did it and he, you know, he's famous for, well, lots of things, but on CodePen, that, that particular little interaction where once it gets too small, the like title of the editor, um, does that 90 degree animation to like Beautiful. put its title in there. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's kind of like an iconic code pen thing. We're definitely like not getting rid of that anytime soon. Um, and we, in fact, rewrote little parts of it when we, uh, did the, like, kind of like the tabbed look recently in the, in the pen editor. Uh, pretty cool, but like, think of how it works. Like you drag one and it makes sense. Like, okay, shrink one, expand the other fine, but that's not but it, there can be a third thing involved, you know, it can be, oh, now you've, ex you've shrunk in one as far as it can shrink. Now shrink the thing next to it. That's the stuff that's like, well, this thing needs to be really flexible. And it's not just three. It needs to, it needs to essentially handle arbitrary number of elements. It's yeah. Like, Ooh, doggy. Yeah. If you try to look for a third party library that, that supports like the same, kind of resizing setup that we have like it it just it doesn't exist like everything that's resizing like it's it's based on you know some kind of set number of columns or 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 whatever like it it just doesn't doesn't flow in the in the nice way that that ours does where if you're resizing one like you want that one to resize you don't want to reach the end and then now have to resize another column to then go back and resize the original like yeah. And then, and then we have other little niceties. Like if you double click on the, on the kind of drag handle, it, it full sizes that, that one. Yeah. And um, animates to that full position. No, no less, which is non-trivial. Yeah. Pretty wild. So I think, you know, and I think that was written literally before Flexbox and Grid were usable. Yes. So it was set up as like a, I don't know, inline block or floats or something so that, that they were next to each other. And then every single element 
was, I think, percentage based so that as you drag around, it was literally calculating what the percentage for every single child element should be and plopping it on the DOM. And miraculously, it was pretty efficient and just did what it needed to do. But, you know, these days it, it can be slightly easier in that you can like have display grid and then set up the columns and or rows to just update in one place, you know. But even that, it's it's not like it's easy because grid has its own little weirdnesses, you know. You need to make sure that the column can shrink all the way because the I think the like the minimum size for rows and columns is usually like min content. So it yeah, doesn't shrink you, as far as you, you want it to. Set like, you know, zero FR or like zero or something like that. Like it yeah. there's so many just grid blowout issues that you have to um work around and and making sure that things are are properly yeah. uh, sized and aligned and all that. Yeah. Setting some min values and max values and and using auto properly when you want things to naturally be this it, there's loads of i was just messing with it today because i you had some setup for something that was working pretty good and i was like oh yeah but i just need to like you know move this panel up into this area now because that's what we decided we were going to do and i just ruined it you know like <laughs> oh my god what is because part of it is the javascript you know like like dealing with all those drag events and setting the grid areas or if you're going to do it with Flexbox, setting some flex basis or however you're going to do it, you make some decisions there. But then the CSS on the page has influence over how that's going to behave total. So it's really this like two-sided setup where you got to get the both sides of the aspect, right? Yeah. And the, and the children and everything else, like it's, it's, uh, yeah, the children messy. can mess with you, you know, if you set some child to have like some max width or max height or something, that's going to win. It doesn't care what the parent has to say about that, you know. Anyway, that's fun. So there's so much dragging and dropping on websites, dealing with all the file dropping kind of stuff. There's picking up stuff and dropping it in designated areas. And then there's all the resizing stuff. And they are so, so super different. <laughs> no wonder people get frustrated working on websites sometime, you know, I think you have to be fortunate to, you know, be working on a project that you can dedicate that much time to it at all. You know, yeah. like I could see if you're a startup and you know, these, these aren't your, these aren't your core things that, you know, that's kind of a bummer. And it's no doubt that people reach for kind of pre pre-baked solutions for this. You know, I'm sure iOS developers don't deal with this crap, you know, <laughs> They just use yeah. the little resize machine and it just works, you know. Can you can you npm install for uh Xcode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would think even like Flutter probably deals with it pretty efficiently. I haven't actually tried it, but it's like they, you know, they need they need to replicate that mobile experience. So they probably have little special components and stuff. Fortunately, the React ecosystem is so thick that there tends to be React-based stuff for what we need, and that's the case here. So thanks. <laughs> all right. Anything else you can think of related to all this? Uh, no. It's it's complex, but you know, it's it it's an important part of how something feels and functions. You know, if you miss that, it it's it just doesn't have the same effect. You know, you're you're gonna let down your users. I totally agree. 
you know, like just, you know, if you're just sitting at your computer right now, listen to this, grab your tabs in your browser and just grab one and just move it around. How does it feel? Do you see the tab as you're moving it or do you not? Or is it some like ghost of the tab? Do other tabs move away when you get close? Do they move away immediately or do they only move when you get a little close to that environment? You know, how many tabs move, you know, just think of all the little interactions that have to do with that. And writing that stuff from scratch is, is no joke, but it really can affect like how, how quality your software feels. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's laggy or feels like chunky, like you're resizing and something's, you know, just not, not as responsive as, as you want it to be like that. That is a, a killer. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of a quintessential um, definition of jank, I think. Jank is the word we use for that. All right. Thanks, Jaw. Until thanks. next time. Bye.